What's going on folks and welcome to another edition of not only the greatest podcast in the world, but the sexiest podcast in the world. We're back with another episode of The Water Cooler with Garrett and Levi. And today we're doing something special, a little different. We actually got the uh, the camera on us. Wave to the camera real quick. Garrett, how you doing? How you doing? Doing great. We're going to try to put this one up on YouTube for a visual component. Y'all can see me and Levi just sitting here talking for the next hour. If that sounds exciting, oh, it then does. go check it out. It excites me. Oh, yeah. uh, it definitely <laughs> does. It does. You can get to see what exactly Levi consumes as he gives his amazing takes on this podcast. Oh, Lord knows. <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, dude, it's, it's going to be a good time, good episode for sure. We got a lot to get into. And straight from the gate, Levi, what's the performance of the day? Oh, you already know. R.I.P., one of the greatest to ever play the game in NFL football, Mr. Jim Brown. Um, It will be the 1964 NFL Championship when he pretty much dominated the entire game, the whole second half. It was against Johnny Unitas and the Colts. Man, he, uh, he put up 114 rushing yards on 27 carries with 33 receiving yards. Man, 37 receiving. 37, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. And it was the last title that Cleveland has ever officially said that they've won. So, I mean, shout out Jim Brown. Performance of the day goes to him and RIP, man. Hate to see somebody like that who's just pretty much owned the entire game of football throughout their entire career. The greatest running back of all time. That's a take. Bold take. B-O-L-D. Bold. But I'll give it to you, you know. I mean, I can't think of one better. You can go Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders nah, is definitely. No, no, no. You know, that's a, that's a good conversation to have one day is who is the greatest running back of all time. There's a lot of them, though. Like, there were a lot of people who pretty much, I, which I say that a lot. There's a few of them who have really just dominated the game through their position. And Mr. Jim Brown was definitely the founding father. Yeah, Yeah. he was the founding father of that. So, yeah, I mean, you could definitely give it to Mr. Jim Brown for being the greatest of all time. He's a Mount Rushmore NFL player for me. Mm -hmm. I got Brady, Jim Brown, Lawrence Taylor, and Jerry Ross. That's the top four for me. Yeah, Mad respect to Jim Brown, civil rights pioneer, Mm -hmm. actor. He was in uh, Any Given Sunday, if you've ever seen that. There's a lot of old uh, NFL players in that one. Dude, there's a movie called The Express that dates back to uh, this running back named Ernie Banks, who Mm -hmm. actually went to Syracuse, followed in Jim Jim Brown's footsteps, and was drafted by the Browns right behind, like pretty much right after Jim Brown and all that. He unfortunately passed away of cancer, had a short career, but... Was one of my favorite, probably my favorite sports movie ever was The Express. Not a sports movie, but Jim Brown was in the Dirty Dozen too, <laughs> and that dude, that's such yeah. a good war movie. Yeah. Came out, I was in his prime in the '60s, and you know, back in those days, that was you think the NFL was hard hitting in the '80s, dude. They were biting people, scratching people, people were losing fingers and stuff. You're getting it burnt was, with cigarettes back in the '60s, dude. dude. Crazy. Hate to be on the bottom of those piles back in the day. Yeah. And unfortunately, on the note of legends passing away, in the wrestling world, superstar Billy Graham passed away last week. He was WWF champ for over a year, I think it was like almost two years back in the 70s. One of the pioneers of the big jacked up bleach blonde bodybuilder type, used to work out with Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day, just all time legend Billy Graham. 
used to have classic matches with Pedro Morales, Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, and Jesse the Body Ventura's inspiration when they got into the wrestling business. Just all around legendary figure in the wrestling world. So RIP to both of them. Yep. And moving forward to current sports figures and maybe potential legends of their own one day, Nikola Jokic Woo. is about to Woo. enter into his first NBA Woo. Finals. Dude, he's going to win it. No chance he does Yeah, I, mean, I love Jimmy Butler and their, their attitude that they bring to the table, the mentality that they bring, but dude, Jokic is just... I, I, I told you last episode. I told you. If the Heat would have been able to sweep the Celtics and carry that momentum into it, it could have been a series, but... Almost blowing a three to nothing lead. It's just their wind is out of their sails. I think the Nuggets win it in five. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't know about five, but I definitely think the Nuggets got it. Nothing made me actually question that answer more than seeing the video of Jimmy Butler. Whenever Bam Adebayo tried handing him the Eastern Conference final trophy, he looked at him and he was like, no, I don't want to hold that, but you know I'm going to hold the next one. That right there was that was hard. That was that was that was sick. Jimmy Butler's got that dog in him, but I just don't know where that dog went the last three games against the Celtics. Yeah. That one game six when the Celtics had that last second tip in, that was wild. Yeah. And I'll give it to him. Sometimes you just get a bad roll, but Celtics or yeah, the Celtics shouldn't have been allowed to come back in that no series. No way. No way. What killed me about all that though was like. Dude, Jimmy Butler's like, they call them role players and stuff like that. But they held that series together. Like, yeah, Jimmy Butler did this, he did that. But in that, like, in that series of the last, what you said, three games, dude, it was kind of like, where is he? You know, like, Mm. what is he doing? Let's see, he had 14 points in one of the games against Boston, minus 24. As his plus minus, he was a minus 20 the game before that. He just wasn't shooting. He shot five from 21 from the field in game six. Like, that kind of play, if he brings that to the finals, it's not even going to be a series. Not even close, dude. Not even going to be fair. But, I mean, he's Jimmy Butler. He's the gutsiest player in the league to date. He's the only player. Right now. He's the only player in the NBA who actually keeps that, like, Kobe Jordan mentality. He's the only one. Uh, Dame Lillard does a pretty good job of doing it, too, but not to the extent Jimmy Butler does. Well, that mentality comes with winning. If you're not winning, then, like, you can have the mentality and all that, but Mm -hmm. it's not the same as, like, actually. Jimmy Butler has quietly gotten to two NBA finals in the last four years, and nobody even talks about it. Well, what's funny to me is how, like, like we talked about, like, in ap- last episode, the whole bubble situation. Like, mm-hmm. if he would have won that, then I don't think the people would have been like, "Oh, the bubble wasn't real." The but, like, I think people would have like taken a different narrative on that situation. But it is what it is, man. Like, doesn't matter how many times you make it to the finals, as long mm-hmm. as you win them, that's if all that comes out. The Heat it. somehow win this championship. To me, it's the greatest championship of all time. Yeah. An eighth seed winning, just, that's unheard of. And they lost the playing game this year, too, so they had to play the number one seed or whatever mm-hmm. they had to do. And, did that, that was crazy because to lose that, that game that, like, actually mattered mm-hmm. and then come back 
and be going to the actual finals themselves is like that's pretty that's pretty awesome. So if you're the Heat, what are your keys to victory? How would you approach and game plan against the Nuggets? Uh, gosh, let's see. Gabe Vincent, Cody Martin, and Max Struess all have to be on their A game. Like Jimmy, obviously Jimmy's got to do his thing. Bam Adebayo's got to do his thing. But like I go back to keep saying, those role players, they have to show up every time they showed up big. It seemed like the the Heat never, they weren't phased, you know. Mm-hmm. But if they don't show up, it's gonna be a long four or five games for the Heat. It is. See, I would say the Heat put Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray, and just have him eat his lunch. Because yeah. Jokic, there's nothing you can do to stop that. Mm-mm. He's going to get his stats. You can try to do all that you can to make him work for it, make him inefficient, but he'll probably average a triple-double in this series. Not even probably. He will average a triple-double. But if you can take his next biggest thing and minimize him as much as you can, yeah. put Jimmy Butler on him just to get the psychological edge on him for the series, I think that goes a long way. I don't know. It's going to be hard for Bam Adebayo to control anything that Jokic hit. Like, I, I like Bam. He's a decent player and all that. But it's going mm-hmm. to be very hard for him to, like, actually control mm-hmm. the, his own against Jokic. Like, they're going to bring you Donis Haslam. <laughs> hey, that's what he's here for. The vet knows what's up. If I were Bam, I wouldn't even care an ounce about playing any offense this series. No. Just you got to focus on defense yep. and put all your energy into the defensive end. Getting the rebounds, mainly not letting them get so many second chance opportunities like they get, did against mm-hmm. the Lakers, because that's what killed them a lot. The Lakers was was playing pretty much softball defense when it came to rebounding. If you're not going to rebound, how are you going to get the ball? How are you going to score? Like you got to be able to rebound. Dude, every single game the Lakers and Nuggets played, the Lakers got out-rebounded on the offensive side at least, I want to say it was like five more rebounds, Mm -hmm. five to six more rebounds a game. Then it was just bad. Like, the Lakers got absolutely dominated on both sides of the floor, and that's the only way you can, like, you can you can beat the Nuggets strategically and all that, but all it comes down to is playing hard-nosed basketball, getting in there and getting the ball. Well, I mean, Pat Riley's the Heat's owner, and he's the one who created the phrase rebounds, win rings. Yeah, no And kidding. so if any team should be able to go in there and find a way to get boards, it should be the Heat. But, okay, if you're the Nuggets, what are you focusing on in this series? Clamping up Jimmy and making sure they don't make threes. Like, if, as long as they aren't, like, firing away on threes and they're making everything... You should, you should be having no problem to beat them. Mm-hmm. Like, really, should have no problem. But, like I said, you make sure those role players don't get hot because once they get hot, it's kind of scary. And How big of a role do you think Eric Spolstra will have in the series? Oh, huge. He's, this will be, what, his seventh NBA Finals as a part of the Heat mm-hmm. organization? Something like that. It's like, people don't talk about him a lot, but he's probably this side of Greg Popovich. He's... I guess now that Pop's retired, he's the most experienced yeah. championship coach in the league. For sure. I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully he'll bring his expertise to the table and make it interesting. I hope so, because I hate watching championship series that yeah. are just cakewalks. I saw a statistic the other day where uh, Pat Riley has been in 25% of the NBA Finals. 
uh, since he actually had started playing in the NBA to whenever like he yeah. retired to when he coached, and now that he's an executive and owner, he's been twenty five percent of the NBA Finals this year. Yeah, decade. he was on those Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain Lakers teams that went to four in the late sixties, early seventies. He was on Showtime. He was okay. on the Knicks team that went to the finals in ninety four. He went to sixteen as a coach and nine now as an executive mm-hmm. owner. It's like what? Yeah, people don't talk about him enough when it mm-hmm. comes to like greatest coaches and everything. It's mm-hmm. always Red Arbach or Phil Jackson. But I think Pat Riley's got an argument for being the GOAT yeah. coach. Heck yeah, he does. Those D that D Wade team and the the Shaq team that he had way back in 06 mm-hmm. when they won that, and that was that team was stout. Dude, I love that team. I remember you used to have that Shaq Miami Heat poster up in your room. That was yeah. those were the days. That was Shaq's last time as the face of the league, right. I would say. Back on the PS two and all that, two K five. Shaq's just sitting there dang. That's awesome. I think Shaq's heat years are very underrated. Mm-hmm. I was glad they retired his number. Well, it like <clears throat> he did all that with the Lakers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he left the Lakers it was like, all right, well, I've done all this yeah. now. Like, I gotta back it up a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Kobe wasn't the only reason I did all this. Yeah. Now the Magic just gotta get whatever's in their craw out of it. Retires number two. Uh, it'll be good. Yeah, I doubt they will though. They probably won't, cause I mean it's been almost thirty years now since he played for them, and right. they haven't done it yet. But, uh, and he's the greatest Magic player in franchise history. Hundred percent. And he got him to the finals. That's more than anybody aside from Dwight Howard's done. Yeah, that's so. very true. I mean, Dwight yeah. Howard's the greatest player to ever play in Taiwan now. <laughs> hey, uh, what was it Stephon Marbury might have something to say about yeah, that? Right. Yeah, I love how Dwight's trying to uh, <coughs> recruit all the players who played bad mm-hmm. this playoff season. He's trying to recruit them over to Taiwan Tigers. Oh, yeah, basketball. They love that sweet Chinese money. They do. It's Awesome. I, would, I mean, it is what it is. Money. Yeah, money talks. Yeah. <laughs> now, somebody who might be a great addition to the Taiwan Tigers, Carmelo Anthony, Yeah. finally announces his NBA retirement after 19 seasons. And it's kind of weird to announce your retirement and make a big to-do about it when you've been out of the league for a year already. Right. But I guess he wanted to have a final farewell. But... Do you, do you think him not winning a ring made his, I guess you could say, his career, legacy, whatever, like, less, how do I even word this to make it sound decent? To not make I it, think him not having a ring drops him, like, 20 points on the all-time yeah. list. But does it change how you would, like, look at him or how he played the game or anything like that, him not having a ring? Does it change, like, your... I I mean, no, I think people overrate the impact of a ring, but at the same time, his memory will not be as persistent because you just have no reason to talk about him. If he won a ring, he could have been like in the Clyde Drexler range, but not having a ring pretty much makes him like, I don't know, who's like a good... Glenn Rice. Yeah. Like, not to, like, obviously he's better than Glenn Rice, but like that person who you look back and you think, oh man, he could hoop, he could put the ball in the basket like nobody else. But that's pretty much all you all think about do. him. Yeah. And he's not going to get discussed. Whenever you talk about, like, legends of the 2000s, like, he'll be mentioned, 
but he's not going to be one of the first probably 10 people you think of. Do you think his college basketball career was better than his NBA? Granted, it was only one year. But like, Do you think he did more in college? I think he underperformed he... in the NBA. Yeah. The expectations he set that year in Syracuse, he never lived up to. Sure. Because at no point in his career was it ever feasible that he would be the best player on a championship team. And that was the potential that he gave off. Yeah. And I think, looking back, he should have went to the Bulls instead of re-signing with the Knicks. Mm -hmm. He chose the bag over the ring. And he'll probably, I mean, from a live perspective, have at it. He'll enjoy that money. But mm -hmm. from a legacy and basketball perspective, a lot could have changed if he would have joined that Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah, Jimmy yeah, Butler, Knicks, that Bulls been insane. team. insane. That would have been absolutely insane. The only reason I asked that question, though, is I saw where he had somebody had asked him, he's like, would you not winning a ring, does that hurt you in any way, shape, or form? He was like, no, when I got drafted, or my life changed forever that night in 2003 when I got drafted. Like, not winning a ring wasn't the end of my career. It's not going to define me, this and that. And That's why I asked that, because I was like, well, I mean, it's not necessarily going to define you in any way, shape, or form, but it definitely could you know, like you said, drop you in the ranks of tops I, of all time. I just think when people look at Melo's career, they'll see a lot of talent, but somebody who didn't have the guts or the will to win to yeah. do as much as they could have with that talent. Yeah. Like when you look at LeBron, who spends millions of dollars on his body <laughs> every year, versus Melo, who's joked in the past about eating McDonald's and not working out during the season. Showing like, up to the bodega with his robe on. <laughs> yeah, like... Let me get a chopped cheese. I think he probably enjoyed his 19 years. I'm sure he did. But if he would have maybe cut out some of the pleasure and grinded a little bit harder, not saying he didn't work hard, but like the Kobe, like LeBron level of grind, Yeah. I think his career would be remembered a lot more fondly. Yeah. Now that you're talking about all this 2003 class retirement, what do you think LeBron's going to do? I think he's just trying to get the media to talk about something else besides him losing in the conference finals. So he's hitting that <laughs> retirement just so they'll talk about that and not what just happened with the Nuggets. But I think he'll be here this time next year. Oh, yeah. How many more years do you think, though? I think at least three. Dang. I could see him going five if he wants to play with Bryce. How old is he now? Thirty-eight. Uh, let's look it up. I think he's thirty-eight. So, three week dude. He'll be a forty-something-year-old man playing ball. He, yeah, he's thirty-eight. He could do it. Think about how many points he could score if he played five more years. Dude. He'd be the first to crack forty thousand. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be very hard for somebody to pass that. Like very hard. He'd be like, let's see, 38, 5, he'd be 43. Mm -hmm. He'd be like the Tom Brady of the NBA. That would be insane. And he's still hustling up and down the court. That's Shoot. what would blow my mind. I'm but going I, on 23, and I can't even run up and down the court, much less. Like, holy cow. He said retirement's something he'd have to think about. He didn't yeah. really. People are making a lot bigger of a to do about it than I think they ought to oh, be. Oh, yeah. But all this talk you said about playing with Bronny, 
and all that. If he were to retire the year before LeBron, he's due to be in the NBA. That'd just be ridiculous. Yeah. But, do you, uh, what, where do you think Bronny will get drafted if he does, like, stay one year at USC, does his thing, and, like, where do you see Bronny? Well, first, how do you think he's going to do at USC? Yeah, I don't know. Um, That's a completely different transition to basketball. You're going up against kids in, you know, high school who, yeah, they're really good, don't get me wrong, but talking about some grown, going into a grown man. Like basketball situation, that's Division One, top of the line, Pac-12 basketball. That's that's some hard-nosed basketball. That's a completely different like transition. But I mean, I think he'll do fine. I'm sure he'll average eight and a half, four four rebounds, maybe three assists a game. Just eight and a half. Yeah, I don't see him scoring twenty, fifteen points a game. No chance. So that being said, do you think he'll be a lottery draft pick? Just for the name? Yeah, of course. Just because of who he is. Um, I think, genuinely speaking, somebody's going to tank low enough to be able to say, hey, we got Bronny Jr. Like, let's try to go get Bron now, this and that. Like, Or LeBron's going to make his way and say, hey, whatever team gets him, you better give them everything we got and some so we can get him over here. Like, That's the only way it's going to happen. He'll either play against his son or he will play with his son. I yeah, I could see Bronny getting him like 13, 14 points a game mm-hmm. if they really pushed him hard enough. Right. It just depends on how they use him. Like, that's all it's going to come down to. Is he going to come off the bench? Or is he going to be a starter? Two guard, three oh, guard? I don't think like, he'd go anywhere where he wouldn't start. I don't know, man. I was expecting him to hit up Duke or UNC, to be honest. I think if Coach K was still there, he'd oh, be he'd going to Duke. Duke he'd be going to Duke just because of USA basketball and how close like LeBron is with Coach K. But I could see Bronny being like a top, easily top 15 draft pick. Yeah. Maybe top 10. <sighs> Maybe the Hawks could scoop him up. That would be awesome. Man, like, whenever Trey Young's out the window, we'll need some young star to build around. Right. No, I think uh, I think some crazy stuff's going to happen this offseason with the Hawks. They won't, they won't have who, as many people as they used to, meaning like yeah. John Collins and... I don't even know if Jonte Murray will stick around another year. He's a free agent after this year. Man, the Hawks surely had a great young core, and yeah. it's all about to walk away. We yeah. we should have kept Luca. Yeah. Oh yeah. But to have lived and learned. It's like what New York says. Trey Young. <laughs> but yeah. maybe the Hawks will figure their stuff out. The Braves are doing pretty good right now, though. Yeah. Yeah, number one in the NL, up four games. Well, now it's probably like three, three and a half games against the Mets. Yeah, they're either, I think it's three or three and a half games above the Mets right now in the National League, but I know they have the number one uh, record in the National League. But other than that, dude, they've been kind of struggling here lately, just battling injury left and right. Seems like they can't get a hold of a consistent lineup or a consistent pitching rotation just because of all the things that's been going on. What are we at now? Four games? Yep. Okay. That's good. I mean, it was five and a half two days ago. <laughs> yeah, they lost the series against the worst team in MLB last night, the Oakland Athletics, Jeez. on a walk-off. The Athletics have got to be the most forgettable team in baseball. In any sport. Arguably. Like, any sport. Them or the Sacramento Kings are like the California pro teams that sometimes people just forget they exist. Yeah. 
Which is a shame because the athletics, I've always loved their color scheme. Yeah. They like back in the Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco days, and even like the Billy Bean, like Jason Giambi prime days. Uh, They used to be good, but they've fallen on hard times. Oh, yeah. Aren't they talking about relocating them? To uh, Vegas. I'd hate to see that happen, but it might be good for them. Either way, I don't think Vegas needs another sports team. Good Lord. What do you think about how pro sports has gotten in bed with gambling the way that they have? It's good just because at the end of the day, like, you're just creating an opportunity to make money here and make money mm-hmm. there and push money in different spots and a lot of it. Because I'm telling you, dude, there's been, I think it was New York not too long ago, made close to a billion just off sports betting alone. Like within, I think a six month period. Mm-hmm. May, correct me if I'm wrong. There was like a certain span of time, and the uh, the taxes that came off that was like almost a billion dollars just from sports gambling alone. So like it's a huge money revenue pit, like a revolving cycle of money. That's anything that backs his ass against all and takes on the whole world. Mm-hmm. Usually it's not worth it. But there's that, there have been a lot of situations where people spend twenty bucks, twenty five bucks, and walk out of there with forty thousand, fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Well, with the MLB getting more involved with betting and gambling and stuff, you think they should ease up on Pete Rose and Joe Jackson, let them in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Nowadays, nowadays it's got stuff like to happen. He gets suspended for a year, give him a fine. And then at the end of the year, they'd say, are you going to gamble anymore? He'd say, no. they say, okay, you're good. Come back. It's just like Calvin Ridley for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Dude, he uh, ended up betting, got suspended a whole year, and now he's playing for the Jaguars. So it's like that. I know it's a different sport and all that, but like still, I don't think that they should be slapping his wrist anymore. Yeah, I saw Rob Manfred, I think came out earlier this year, and said they wouldn't reconsider Pete Rose's Hall of Fame case because he didn't show the proper level of sincereness in his apology. <laughs> wow. Rob Manfred's is the worst the commissioner. the biggest loser in... ever, dude. Like, that's just insane. I know uh, Roger Goodell, he just got his contract extended to be NFL commissioner through 2027. The clown? He's the biggest joke, too, man. I don't know. These... Like owners and I would say the greatest owner in any sports that we have these days is definitely Dana White. You mean yeah? Like just in just sports like owners of like commissioners and stuff. David Stern, he's probably the greatest sports commissioner of all time. Oh, of all time, yeah. But for like what current now? Yeah, current. Yeah, yeah, it would definitely I'd have to say Dana. But yeah, dude, Stern was he was that guy. He didn't get. He didn't care about no feelings, no nothing. He'd give it to you how it was. Would you ever see that interview Mello did where he talked about David Stern's phone call uh-huh. to him after the Nuggets got in a fight <laughs> with somebody and he was like, dude, I have eyes on you. I know who your crew is. Like, you need to stop with this, like, playing tough stuff and you're in a part of a business now and you need to act like yeah. it and this and that. And it's like, man, David Stern was low-key a mafia man. Yeah, like, like Shaq's got some really good stories. Himself, Shaq's got some of the greatest stories about David Stern. That's so funny. I mean, if you think about the league whenever David Stern became commissioner, there was enough cocaine running around to basically be a mafia wing. (laughs) 
Like what MJ called the 87 Bulls, a traveling cocaine circus. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're trying to keep up with hoodlums like them, Dennis Rodman and stuff like that, it's yeah. going to be, you got to be a bad mamma jamma. You got to hold your own. Yeah, he took it from almost bankruptcy to a billion dollar yeah. organization. But him, uh, Adam Silver, I don't really care for him as a commissioner. He seems kind of weak him. to me. I can't stand him. I forgot what it was, but not too long ago they allowed something. And it was Adam Silver who came in and started talking about it, this and that. And it was just like, dude, you are such a joke. Like, I cannot believe people actually listen and care and indulge into what he is actually saying. Like, that's some of it's just mind-boggling. Well, I've heard him talk about shortening the season to stop player injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that would just be ridiculous. Well, to me. Like, why even shorten the season season and player injury stuff when half the league isn't even playing every game? See, that's whenever people talk about how this era is way better and way tougher, or whatever than the older ones. At least back in the day, like they could play all eighty-two. I know LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, Paul George, Steph, and there were like two other. They hadn't played in enough games this season to be. Acquainted it as like to be voted for as MVP, most imp- whatever it is. Like they weren't even in enough games to be able to get that kind of vote. Like this was the first year LeBron didn't get any MVP votes this year. It's like yeah, because he only played twenty two games. It's like how how can you give someone an MVP when they're not even playing at least three quarters of an NBA season? Let's see how many games LeBron played this season. LeBron 55. played 55 games. You have to play 65, I think, to be considered for the like, MVP. I know Jimmy Butler wasn't. It's just, I don't know, man. This this generation and these, these sports and all that, they're just so political and all that kind of crap now. It just doesn't even... But, doesn't I mean, I don't know. Like, Yeah, you had to play 65 minimum to earn uh, MVP and all-league honors. That's what it was. And you must be on the floor for 20 minutes in at least 65 games. And don't get me wrong. Like, that, it's asking a lot. Like, 65 65 nights out of the year, you're having to go run up and down the basketball court against the biggest and baddest dudes in the, like, entire world for, what, 40 Mm. minutes, 60 minutes, whatever games last now. It's like, I get it. Like it, it, it's very, very hard. Like it's, it's very hard. But at the same time, you're making twenty million something dollars. So you're telling me eighty something nights out of the three hundred sixty-five days in the year, you can't get on a plane, go to this town, play ball, get back on a plane, go to this town, play ball, get a day off or two, and then go do it again. Like you're making so much money, all the work that you put in, all the time that you spend doing this games and playing and all that, it doesn't like. Still but do you, not, do you not think it's weird that people always talk about how much better the like medicine and the training methods are these days and people play less and get hurt more than they used to? Yeah, it's stupid. Like I feel like now the problem might be that they specialize so much in getting like a quote basketball or baseball, football, whatever body that they lose some functionality. Yeah. And their bodies become so specialized that it seems to me they get hurt doing, like, the running and just, like, I don't know, just the basic stuff. Simple going up and grabbing a rebound. Yeah. And, like, back in the day, like, rolling your ankle 
Okay, go to the back, tape it up. Okay, go back mm-hmm. up there. Like, I need you. Nowadays, somebody rolls their ankle. They're out for six weeks to four weeks. It's like, dude, yeah. you rolled your ankle. Like, you're fine. Your big toe's going to be just fine, bro. Like yeah, Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah, like, gets hit on the head by an elbow. Like, don't get me wrong. Getting hit in the head by an elbow hurts. It sucks. But you don't need to get wheelchaired off the court to the back just so you're, like, feeling better. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. just... I know five-year-olds who could take a hit harder than that and still be just fine. It's like, come on. But like you said, the whole, like, specializing in the sport body that you play in or getting your body acquainted to the sport that you play or whatever, it's making them a lot weaker-minded. Yeah, and it, plus, whenever they talk about how like, players from the 60s and 70s were plumbers and milkmen, yeah. they work two jobs better Literally. than these players can work one. Literally, dude. I can't. I can't talk anything about working, but I will say this. If you give me $20 million for one year and tell me 82, 82 nights or 82 days, I got to go play basketball, no matter where the, where I got to play, just I got to be there with a the team, mm-hmm. bro, sign me up. I, I'd get out there in a damn cheerleading outfit if you wanted me to. I mean, I plus, care. with the off season, they get a built-in probably like three, four months off. Yeah. Some player like your team misses the playoffs in the NBA. You don't play any in May, June, July, August, or September. And basically all of October because the season usually starts at the end of October. That's six months vacation. Literally. Or at least practicing some, but, like, you're not playing games. And even right now, for example, like, yeah, they just got done with the East Conference Finals and stuff like that a couple nights ago. That was a couple nights ago, okay? Today's Wednesday. They got done Monday. You have until Friday until you have to play again. Granted, mm-hmm. I know you got to practice and you got to do the media and all that. And I think that's another thing that kills it is like the whole media. Every good or decent player that comes out of these teams or comes out of these series and stuff like that, they know as soon as they enter the gym, 10,000 cameras, 10,000 questions, 10,000 different things they got to do. But still, I don't give a shit, Brad's butt. You're making $40 million, bro. I mean, that's only for the superstar players, too, though. Like, right. I, I mean, yeah, nobody, like, this nobody is cares probably, about what Derek White has to say. Or like, yeah, like, even Jokic. I feel like Jokic isn't a superstar yet as far as, like, celebrity status goes. Yeah, that's true. I would say the only, like, superstars in the league are LeBron, KD, and Steph Curry. Other than that, I don't think that many other players have, like, mainstream recognition. Maybe Giannis. I mean, Jimmy Butler. You gotta give him some credit. I, if Jimmy Butler walked down the street, and like I don't, like, I think my, I think at least seven out of ten people who he passes would be like, oh my god, that's Jimmy Butler. And eight out of ten people. Um, it's kind of like this though. Do you remember when Kendall Jenner was dating Devin Booker? Yeah. And I saw on like the Snapchat news reels, it was like everything you need to know about Kendall Jenner's new boyfriend. And I was like, what do you mean, need to know? That's Devin Booker. Yeah, like, who doesn't right. Devin Booker? <laughs> and then, like, I texted a bunch of, like, girls I was friends with. And they're like, who? Like, they had no idea who Devin Booker was. That's and I was true. like, dang, that's sad. Like, D-Book, right. he's a leg- He's, like, not legend, but he's, like, a really good NBA player. I mean, he's been really good. I mean, really well. Like, I guess basketball-wise, he's been really well known since he was, mm-hmm. like, right out of high school going to Kentucky and stuff. Yeah, I just think... Us, especially being in the basketball bubble, right. as big as we are, we overestimate how mainstream <laughs> a lot of these people actually are. That's very true. I will give you that when you, you are right, for sure. But, like, superstar per se, yeah. I know, like, 
for a fact right now, if you took let's say Will Barton or Catavius Caldwell Pope mm-hmm. from the Nuggets, and you took Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent from the Heat, <laughs> and you had those two walk down in New York City, both on each side. Who gets recognized first? I really don't know who it would be. It like. would be Contavious Caldwell Pope just because of all those memes when he was playing on probation with the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was playing with the ankle bracelet ankle on. Dude, yeah. And he's a Georgia boy. Shout out KCP. He's speaking a Georgia dog, baby. Boys, he's Kanye. a dog. Kwame is back in the news. He is. Thank God. I forgot who. Oh, Shannon Sharp called him out or something. Yeah, like he that, was because he was going off on LeBron talking about. He said, dude, if I, if I had a LeBron James jersey, number 23 for the Lakers, that thing would be on fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. I forgot about that. Yeah. And, dude, another thing that got uh Kwame Brown brought back up mm-hmm. is Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. Dude, they have been going at it for literally like six straight months now. Every day they're posting something to each other. It's hilarious. Well, they were both on the Wizards for a time, weren't mm-hmm. they? That's crazy. They just need to have Kwame on All the Smoke or Gilbert Arenas' podcast and just air out that beef. Yeah, I think or at least bring get- him on Undisputed one good time. At least put him on the boxing match and like the Jake Paul yeah, Nate yeah. Diaz undercard, <laughs> Matt Barnes versus Kwame Brown, <laughs> or Kwame Brown versus Stephen A. Dude, it's so funny though. Like he'll be posting on like Instagram or something, and he uh, like yeah man, you know me, I done went and picked up my tractor today as he's sipping in the car going down the road a bottle of Hennessy. Like he has a <laughs> bottle of Hennessy in the back. He'll pour up a shot or something. He'll be driving, take a shot. He's like, man, he he's soft. Soft boys these day in the NBA don't know nothing about how it works and all that stuff. I think, like, what Shannon Sharp call him? The richest, tallest farmer in Georgia? Yeah, he said the richest, tallest farmer. And then he is like, but he's also one of the biggest, richest bums I've ever heard of come out the NBA. <laughs> and that's when Kwame was like, Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless, you done messed up now. Like, you don't, you don't brought the countryside out <laughs> into him. You're going to piss me off. Y'all need to keep y'all's mouth shut. But he, dude, he's, he's massive. Like, if he, if he, had anything bad to say to me, I would literally be like, bro, I'm so sorry. Whatever I did, whatever I said, I take back. You know, uh, mucho respect. Like, I'll do anything for At you. At least he admits he's a bust. Yeah. Like, that's another good thing about that. It's like, dude, he's got enough self-awareness uh, and a self, like, a self-conscious. Like, yeah, I messed up. I was a bust. It is what it is. I made all that money, and I'm just living my life now. See, I hope they make a sequel to The Last Dance about Jordan's years on The Wizards. Because I would love to get, like, I've heard some of the stuff about him and Kwame and how Jordan just absolutely wrecked his confidence. But I would just love to see it, like, in documentary style with, like, the talking heads and everything. The free throw story is my favorite. They were at practice one time, and Kwame Brown said that Jordan told him he could not leave until he made 10 in a row. He said he made his 10th one in a row. It took him a couple times, but he finally got 10 in a row. And Jordan said, nope, you didn't do it on your first try do it again made him do it probably five or six different times he had made 10 in a row I guess to a certain point Jordan literally looks at him and goes man I don't know if I'm gonna be able to trust you playing ball with me and Kwame said he looks at him he said you you trash he said he just walked out Michael Jordan walked out and Kwame's standing there with the ball in his hand like what the what did I do dude I'm literally just making free throws like you told me to you just called me trash like what that's one of my favorites do you think you could have hung in playing with Jordan Jordan wouldn't have been able to hang in playing with me. <laughs> Man, me and Michael would have been killer. Killer. You know that. 
You know that. I don't know. He might have broke you. Oh, he would have broke me the first minute he met me. It's like, you ready to play ball? Nah, probably not. <laughs> That'd be... I would... It would be amazing to be able to just, like, for a day, step into the shoes of, like, a superstar NBA player just to see if mm-hmm. you could have hung in there with Jordan. Right. Like, being a teammate, him being so hard on you. Who do you think, like, these days... And like our past, since I guess 2010, you'd say, who's been like the biggest bust so far, in your opinion? It's got to be Markel Fultz. Like, I forget he's even in the league sometimes. Yeah. Number one draft pick, forgot how to shoot. Literally how does that even forgot happen? Forgot how to shoot. I don't know. Anthony Bennett, he was pretty okay, bad. Okay, that's true. Greg Oden, he was rough. But okay, he got injured, though. I don't count injuries. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he was always hurt his feet. Anthony Bennett. The only reason his is so bad is because he got drafted like right after LeBron left Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of magnified well, the expectations. Not a even, bit. not even necessarily that. More say it's who was he to even begin with? Like what? I don't know anything about his college career stats in college. Nothing like that. And then he just number one overall to the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's like you know how many more people went behind him that year? It's like what? I don't know if you call it a bust more just being overhyped, but Jimmer Fredette, remember when he was the yeah. bomb for like a year? Well, that Jimmer was sick. Jimmer was that guy. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was a bad son of a gun. But there's also like there's a difference in being somebody really, really good in college, and then knowing that once you get to the NBA, you'll never love that again. Mm-hmm. Like there's a difference between like accepting that and just doing what you can in the NBA and playing to the best of your ability. And then, like, actually getting drafted and all that and expecting everything to come mm-hmm. to you. That's kind of, like, where the ball is, the ball lies these days. It's like, these dudes, they're getting paid in high school. Mm-hmm. It's like Jordan said. These kids are getting paid in high school. You're not giving them a motivation to come out here and play ball. You're literally paying them and saying, I hope that your talent and your, uh, like, we're putting you as a big enough prospect to where mm-hmm. this pays out. Yeah, it's an investment. Yeah. It just is crazy. They're lucky they didn't offer me $20 million to come play. I'd still be playing. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think we got two last things to cover. One, DeGrom being the fastest pitcher to 100 strikeouts since, like, 1893 or something crazy like that. That was was pretty cool. And shout-out to Zach Greenkey for getting his, I think it's three... Three-something career strikeouts. Pretty cool to see. I can't remember the exact number. Yeah, that's pretty. Or wild. no, he it was three hundred strikeouts against. I don't know. I, it was something to do with strikeouts and stuff. But good job, Grinky. He's always been one of my favorite pitchers. Yep. And then in the combat world, we've got Roman Reigns. Today reaches a thousand days as Universal Champion. He's the first wrestler to hit in a thousand day title reign. Since Hulk Hogan in 1984, or he Hogan won it in 84, mm-hmm. and he'll probably he's gonna pass Pedro Morales this month to be the fourth longest reigning world champ in WWE history. He passed Billy Graham not too long ago. He probably won't lose it until WrestleMania, no. I don't think. So he'll clock in at about a thousand three hundred something days. I think he'll end up losing it to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. He should have lost it to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania this year, but I think 
they gave it to Roman just so he could hold the belts while the whole WWE sale to Endeavor was going down because they yeah. think he's more marketable. But yeah, that's an accomplishment, something I never thought I would see in my lifetime because they haven't had title reigns that long in years. Then we've got, as we referenced earlier, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz coming up August 5th. Yo, it's Nate Diaz. Oakland's fine. I think Jake Paul is going to take it. No, I got Nate Diaz in a knockout. I don't know if they'd let Jake Paul lose twice in a row. Oh, he will. Especially because it's Oakland's finest, maybe, and... Mm-hmm. Oh, also, going back to wrestling for a second, you got Gunther is about to pass the Honky Tonk Man's record for longest intercontinental championship reign at 400-something days, so yeah. they just been popping off for long championship reigns here right. lately. Seth Rollins just became the world heavyweight champion. They've just now brought that championship back for the first time in 10 years. So good to see the big gold make a return. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence in July. Who are you taking for that one? For the Undisputed Welterweight Championship, I believe it is. Yeah. Yep. I got Terrence Crawford. Yeah, I'm taking Terrence Crawford too. But I think it'll be a good one. Mm-hmm. This is for like the non-heavyweight fight. This about is the biggest one they can do that doesn't involve Canelo Alvarez or Tank Davis. And one more shout-out before we do in this one. Shout-out Mike Soroka. He, uh, it's been over a 1,000 days since he's gotten on an MLB um, mound and pitched, started a game mm-hmm. just because of injuries, Achilles and stuff. Came out for the Braves the other night. Did pretty dang good. Got to give a shout-out to Soroka. Yeah, well, good deal. That about wraps it up. I can't wait to see where this NBA Finals takes us. Yep. Just to reiterate, I'm calling Nuggets and five. What are you calling? Nuggets and six. All right, we'll have to see how that pans out. We'll have to think of something fun for the loser to do. Whoever gets it less accurate. And make sure you guys are checking up on Instagram and Facebook now. We're about to, uh, this episode right here will be clipped up. And TikTok as well. We'll be making clips, reels. Um, Check our YouTube whenever we get this finished up. We'll make sure we post something about that and drop a link. Um, Just keep active, keep going, and stay sexy. Yep, we'll see y'all next time.